brought a Bible, go to Zechariah chapter 4. We're going to read uh, pretty much the entirety of that chapter tonight. Si trajo su Biblia, vamos a ir a Zacarías capítulo 4. Así que bienvenidos todos al estudio de la palabra del Señor. Y vamos a ir ahí a Zacarías capítulo 4. The Lord has been speaking to us about breakthrough. El Señor ha estado hablando a nosotros a tocante de el avance. How many of you have received the word? ¿Cuántos han recibido la palabra? I want you to say it with me. This year, breakthrough will visit my house. Do you believe that? Are you expecting it? Amen. Tonight I want to teach from this chapter because this is a breakthrough chapter in the word of God. Esta noche vamos a estudiar sobre este capítulo Porque aquí creo que el Señor quiere hablar a nosotros sobre el avance. Breakthrough is a sudden experience, a sudden event that accelerates something in your life or that changes circumstances in your life. El avance es una situación o circunstancia instantánea o espontánea la cual produce un cambio en su vida. Usted quizá... Ha dado vuelta por mucho tiempo con el mismo problema. Maybe you've given, uh, gone around the same mountain over and over again like the nation of Israel. And you need breakthrough. You need to get out of that cycle. Para salir de ese ciclo, usted necesita el avance. Or maybe you feel like you've been spinning your wheels. You feel like, I know the direction I need to go in. And I know where God wants to take me, but I'm spinning my wheels. And you need breakthrough. Quizá usted... Está como un carro que está atorado en, el, uh, en, en la tierra, que no puede salir, las llantas dando vuelta y no puede avanzar. Y Dios quiere que usted avance. Now maybe you are stuck in your spiritual walk. Quizá está uh, detenido en su, en su avance espiritual. And you need a breakthrough. Necesita un uh, avance en su vida, un avance, una salida. Or maybe you are like the woman we've been studying about who was desperate. Quizá usted está en una circunstancia desesperante, desesperada, sin remedio, without any human remedy. And desperate situations need breakthrough. Lugares desesperados necesitan el avance. Wherever you are, maybe you are coasting tonight and you just want to get to the next gear. Quizá usted va bien, pero quiere seguir al siguiente cambio. Quiere entrar a otro nivel. You want to go to another level. Say man, if that's you. Uh, you need breakthrough. Necesita avance. And God has promised us breakthrough, hasn't he? Dios nos ha prometido el avance. Last year we began uh, to, we started closing the year out with a series on the homemaker. Comenzamos el año pasado terminando el año con una, una serie uh, de mensajes sobre el amo de la casa. And I was teaching you about the fact that God is the homemaker. Les enseñaba que Dios es el amo de la casa. And this year God is saying, I'm going to visit your home. The homemaker is going to come to your house. Amen, somebody. El amo de la casa está visitando nuestros hogares. He wants to get some things done in your life, in your family, in your ministry, and for the kingdom of God. Quiere lograr cosas a grandes para su vida, para su familia, para su ministerio y para el reino de Dios. Let's read uh, Zechariah chapter 4. Then the angel who was speaking to me returned and roused me as a man who is awakened from his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? And I said, I see and behold a lampstand and all the gold uh, with its bowls on top of it and its seven lamps on it with seven spouts belonging to each of the lamps which are on the top of it. Also two olive trees by it, one on the right side of the bowl and another on the left side. Then I said to the angel who was speaking with me, what are these things, my Lord? So the angel who was speaking with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. Then he said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, O great mountain, 
before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain, and he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. I want to speak tonight about the factors of breakthrough. Quiero hablar esta noche sobre los factores de el avance. Let's pray. Father, we ask you tonight to speak to our hearts, minister to every person in this room and those listening. I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint the hearing of this congregation that as we hear the word, we might allow it to fall into the fertile soil of our hearts. I'm asking this in Jesus' name. And for his glory, the church said, Amen. Amen. I want to try to share four factors of breakthrough tonight. I say try because I don't know if I'll get to all of them. Quiero hablar de cuatro factores de el avance esta noche. Y vamos a ir a través de este capítulo. But before I get to that, I want to just give you the context for this chapter. Quiero darle el contexto para este capítulo. Zechariah was a prophet. Uh, in the post-exilic period of the history of Israel, um, and that's kind of a big word, but uh, I'll just explain what I mean by that. Zacarías era un profeta en la época después del exilio. Now, he was a prophet after the exile. That means that when God sent the nation of Israel into Babylon for 70 years in order to... Uh, judge them for their rejection of him and their, uh, ide- uh, uh, and their idolatry. And he also, during that 70 years, allowed the land to rest because they had not given the land its Sabbaths. So they went into an exile. God sent them into a foreign country for 70 years. Now I want you to imagine what would happen if tomorrow morning you received word that we had been invaded by a foreign country and you had to pack whatever bag you could because you were going to be moving. And then you moved 800 miles into a distant land and uh, a place where they speak a different language, uh, where they speak a different, where they eat a different diet, different type of food, and where they serve different gods. And then the word of the Lord comes by the prophet Jeremiah and says to them, get comfortable in this new land because you're going to be here 70 years. Let your children get married, buy a house, go to preschool, Go to Little League, do all the stuff you got to do because you are going to be here a long time. And when they get old enough, marry them off because this is your home for a long time. Well, God said this is going to be for 70 years. And after 70 years, I will visit my people. After 70 years, I'm going to bring them back to the land. And so just as God promised and in faithfulness to his promise, God brought the exiles back after 70 years. And a great number of them uh, were, all, were now very old, and others of them had never been to the promised land. Uh, después de 70 años en el exilio, Dios cumple su promesa a Israel y los regresa de Babilonia hacia la tierra prometida, la tierra de Israel. Algunos de ellos eran ya muy ancianos y otros jamás habían visto la tierra prometida. Some of them didn't come back. Algunos de ellos no se regresaron, they decided to stay in Persia. Uh, algunos se decidieron a quedarse en Persia. But those who understood that Jerusalem was significant, not just because of their religion, but because God had a promise that someday the Messiah would rule and reign from Jerusalem, they understood we've got to go back. And so they, they went back to Jerusalem, they went back to Israel, and now imagine you left in the, in the middle of the day, you, you left in the morning, and you're gone for 70 years, what's your house like when you come back? If it's still standing, it's not going to look like much, is it? And if someone hasn't bulldozed it and, and built something else there, your house is probably not in real good shape. Well, that's the condition they came back to. And yet they came back with the confidence that God had told them, we are going to see this land birth again. We're going to see this land bear fruit again. And so they began to rebuild. And they began to rebuild the temple. Ellos regresaron de Babilonia y comenzaron a restablecer y reedificar el templo. And, uh, and for a long time or for a while there was a lot of progress because there was a lot of um, adrenaline. There was a lot of momentum. Por un momento había progreso porque había 
momentía, había movimiento, but then things started happening that would discourage them. Luego comenzaron a llegar cosas que los desanimaban. Things that started to make them feel like this could not be done. Quizá ellos comenzaron a pensar, no podemos hacer esto. This project of rebuilding the temple is too big. El proyecto de reedificar el templo es muy grande. Now this was a temple that was built by Solomon that uh, historians tell us that the kings of the earth came to see and now, you know, this ragtag group of, of Jews has come back to try to rebuild this thing. They don't have Solomon's wisdom. They don't have Solomon's resources. They don't have Solomon's um, slaves or servants. They don't have Solomon's money. And they, they don't have the, the encouragement that they need to see this project through. And then the project ends. De repente desanimados porque ellos no tienen los recursos para redificar el templo. Uh, se desaniman y se detiene el trabajo. And they stopped the work. And the, the, the breakthrough that was being produced in them comes to a halt. El avance que ellos tenían se detiene. And now they're in need of another breakthrough. Ahora están en necesidad de un avance. So God raises up a prophet. Dios levanta un profeta. Now remember what I have told you uh, over the last few weeks is that when breakthrough comes, it comes first of all by receiving the word of God. Siempre el, el avance viene cuando usted recibe la palabra de Dios. Well, in this case, the word is going to come through a young man named Zechariah. En este caso, la palabra va a venir a través de un a joven llamado Zacarías. And I want you to see the first factor is there in verse 1. El primer factor para el avance, ahí está número uno, en verso número uno. It says that the angel returned and roused him as a man awoken from his sleep. So the first factor of breakthrough is awakening. El primer factor para recibir una, un avance es el despertar. Everyone say, wake up. Say it again, wake up. You see, you cannot have breakthrough until you are awakened to the reality of the fact, number one, I need breakthrough. Number two, I can have breakthrough. Say amen, somebody. When, when the Lord began speaking to us about breakthrough a few weeks ago, uh, some of you were asleep. And uh, you have been woken up in the process. And right now, you have been stirred up because that is the first thing that has to happen. In order for something to change, something has to wake up on the inside of you. Para que algo cambie, algo tiene que despertar dentro de ti. Listen, things will continue the way they are unless there's an awakening in our spirit to say, I can have more than I have right now. Las cosas siempre van a seguir igual. This year will look like last year if you don't wake up. Este año se va a parecer al último año si usted no se despierta. You say, like maybe I would say, well, Pastor, I had a great year last year. Well, you're going to have another great year this year, but you could have an even greater year if you'll wake up and sense that God is up to something. Si usted está despierto, alerta a lo que Dios está haciendo o queriendo hacer en su vida, usted puede ver, ver un gran avance en su vida. There are a lot of sleeping Christians. Hay muchos cristianos durmiendo. And I'm not picking on people that fall asleep in church, all right? I'm not picking on you tonight. No estoy hablando de los que se duermen en la iglesia. I'm talking about your eyes are open, you're, you're going to work, you're raising your hands in worship, you're singing the songs, but your spirit is not awake to the fact that God is saying something to me about this, this moment that I'm living in right now. God has something that he wants to do right now in my life. And a lot of Christians are in that state of, of in between sleep and awake. You ever been there? How clear are your thoughts when you're in between sleep and awake? You know, when I was a, a, a young man, I would... Uh, have moments like that and one time my mom came in and I was in between sleep and awake and she asked me a question she because earlier that day my aunt Ruth had called and left a message so she said Isaac what was aunt Ruth's message I said red white and blue mom was so confused like Isaac what are you talking about 
And that was because you don't think very clearly when you're not awake. Say amen, somebody. That's why you've got to wake up. Because when you're not awake, the enemy can get away with things that he won't get away with when you're wide awake. Say amen, somebody. And if you're going to have breakthrough, if there's going to be a change in this thing, if this temple's going to get built, some people have to wake up because they have fallen asleep. They have become comfortable. They have allowed the, uh, the break to become the norm. They have allowed the thing that should have been for a moment to become their lifestyle. Listen, it's okay to take a break every once in a while, but your life cannot be a long 15-minute break. Está bien tomar un descanso de vez en cuando, pero su vida no puede ser un descanso permanente. Say amen, somebody. If you want to see breakthrough, you're going to have to wake up and say, you know what, break's over. I've got to get back to work. I've got to get back to the, the purpose and the mission that God has for my life. Si usted va a ver el avance, tiene que despertar y decir, ya se acabó el descanso. Ya tengo que regresar. A trabajar. The word there, awaken, uh, the word arouse, to rouse up as a man uh, awakened from sleep, is the words to stir up. And there are three things that, that God wants to stir up. Hay tres cosas que Dios quiere uh, uh, sacudir en nuestra vida. The, the apostle Paul writes to Timothy. And he says, Timothy, stir up these three things in your life. Pablo le llama a Timoteo, le escribe a Timoteo y le dice, Timoteo, sacúdete, uh, 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 aviva estas cosas en tu vida. Stir these things up in your life. Here's the first thing that God wants to stir up. He wants to stir up the word that's in your life. Él quiere sacudir o uh, despertar la palabra que hay en ti. Every single person in here has word on the inside of them. Some of you have received word since your childhood. Some of you have received uh, word just a few months or a year, but you have word in you. And that word is powerful. And that word is not dormant, or, or it may be dormant, but it doesn't go away. Listen, when the, the seed of the word comes into your heart, it doesn't matter if it lies dormant for 30 years. That seed is going to bear fruit. Say amen, somebody. What God what God's word goes out to do, God's word will do. The Bible said, my word will not return to itself, to me void, but it will accomplish whatsoever I send it to. Come on, somebody. So when the word came into your life, that word is going to get done. And the, the, the gift of awakening is that God comes to stir up his word on the inside of you. Let me just ask you a question. Since I've been teaching on breakthrough, has something been stirred up in your spirit? Have you been stirred up in your inner man to say, you know what, God has something big for me? What's that getting stirred up in your spirit? It is the word of God that has been laying in your heart. Some of you have received a prophetic word. You've received prophetic words over your Christian life. Someone, a man of God, a woman of God has, has spoken the word of God over your life. And it may just sit there and you may think, well, maybe they got it wrong. Maybe they didn't know what they were talking about. Maybe God changed his mind. Maybe God forgot. No. God has sent me here to stir you up because the word that's on the inside of you is going to produce life in you. Come on, somebody. He wants to stir up the word on the inside of you. That's why when you start hearing the, the word of God preached by the anointing of the spirit, the stirring up takes place in your heart. And you start remembering things that you had forgotten, things that you heard that you had forgotten, promises God made that you had forgotten. But God says you can't afford to forget them. You can't afford to let them sit at the bottom. You've got to stir them up. It's like, it's like old-fashioned lemonade. If you just let it sit, all that good stuff's going to go to the bottom. What do you got to do? Stir it up. You see, some of you have so much in you. And you have so much word in you. But when you just sip off the top, it doesn't taste too good. You got to get it all in there. Say, stir it up. Second thing that happens when you awaken is that it stirs up your faith. Número dos, lo que pasa cuando usted está despierto es que su fe es despertada. God has come to stir up your faith. 
to activate your faith. Dios ha venido a, a activar tu fe. In, in another word, he's come to provoke your faith. Dios ha venido a provocar tu fe. Listen, when you hear a preacher say, this year, breakthrough is coming to my house. You have to do a whole lot to just sit there and not accept that. That promise is provocative. That promise reaches out and grabs you, doesn't it? And say, is this going to be true for you? Or is it just going to be true for everybody else? Come on. He's come to stir up your faith. He's come to, to agitate you, to provoke you, to believe him. Dios ha venido a agitarte, a provocarte, a que le creas. Come on, somebody. Let's try to get rid of the distractions. Dios ha venido a, a, a provocar lo que tú tienes en ti. God has come to provoke what's already on the inside of you. Do you have some faith? Stir it up. Because you're going to need it in this season. Si usted tiene fe, aviva esa fe porque la va a necesitar en este tiempo. You're going to need it right now. Say amen, somebody. Number three, you need to stir up the gift. The awakening comes to stir up the gift. Número tres, el uh, despertamiento viene para habitar, avivar o agitar el don de Dios en tu vida. When you start to be awakened by the Spirit, one of the things that get knocked loose on the inside of you is the fact that there's a call from God. There's a word from God. A gift of God on the inside of you. And that thing starts to wake up. And I believe as I have been uh, preaching over the last few weeks that callings have been stirred up on the inside of people. And things that you thought uh, were not going to happen or, or something was in your past. God said, no, I haven't let it sit dormant. I have something you, for you to do this year. Breakthrough is coming to your ministry. Come on, somebody. God wants to stir up the gifts. That are on the inside of you. He didn't give you gifts just so you could sit there and have them. Say amen, somebody. You have a calling from God. You have an anointing from God, a gift from God. And that thing's not going to go away. You can go to Antarctica. And God will, God will be there and the calling will be there. You can run, but you can't hide. Say amen, somebody. The Bible said that Saul was to be the anointed king of Israel, and he went and hid with the suitcases. It didn't bother God, and he found him right where he was. God will find you where you are. And God is stirring up gifts. He's stirring up callings in this season. He's stirring up the, the ministry that he has put on the inside of you. And listen, this is how he's doing it. Because a lot of you think the only place to minister is right here behind this pulpit. But there are places for you to go. Things for you to do. Sermons for you to preach. People for you to touch. Lives for you to change. Come on, somebody. It's not all going to happen right here in front of this crowd. Say amen, somebody. God is stirring up gifts and callings. He's stirring up faith and he's stirring up the word because uh, in order to have breakthrough, all those things have to be engaged in your life. Say, wake up. All right, let's change it. Let's say, I'm awake now. Are you awake now? It's taken some of you a few weeks, but are you awake now? Oh, I said, are you awake now? Is God speaking to you? When is he speaking to you for? Next year? Next, uh, next millennia? When is he speaking to you for? He's speaking for you now. He's speaking to you for today, for this month, for this year, for this time. Come on, somebody. This is the season God is speaking to you. Say amen. And, and he's waking you up to that reality. Wait a minute. This is my time. God is speaking to me. He's speaking to us as a church. He's speaking to the body of Christ. You see, the last time when the enemy attacked, you were asleep. Say, not anymore. Say, I'm awake now. Are you awake now? See, if you're awake now, you can catch him while he's coming. Si usted está despierto, usted puede pescar al enemigo cuando él viene. Sunday night, I taught about catching a thief. There are a lot of reasons why people don't have breakthrough. And one of them is that the thief keeps stealing from them. And they, they sow a harvest, 
and they can't reap it because the enemy takes it before they can get it. And the enemy does that when you don't have spiritual discernment and when you're not awake. The Bible said while the, while the good man slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. That's his strategy. He likes to lull you to sleep. He likes to put us to sleep so that we're not aware of spiritual things. El enemigo quiere dormirte. Quiere ponerte en un sueño para que no reconozcas su obra, su trabajo. Let's say I'm awake now. You have to be awake because the enemy is going to keep being the enemy. And the thief's going to keep being the thief. But he doesn't have to steal from you. Say amen, somebody. Listen, if he tries to show up to your house and steal, you and I are going to be on the front porch saying, not today, devil, not this house, not this year. I'm awake now. I know what you're up to, and the power of God is behind me to stop you. Come on, somebody. The name of Jesus is in you. I have the word. I have faith. I have a ministry. I have power, and I don't have to let this go on any longer. I'm awake to what God is doing in my life. I'm not going to miss it again. I said, I'm not going to miss it again. Don't you hate it when you miss it? When someone comes and says, oh, you should have been in that service. Well, well tell me about it. You just had to be there. Don't you just hate missing it? Well, you got to decide, I'm not going to miss my season. I'm not going to miss what God wants to do in my life. In the life of my marriage, the life of my family, the life of my children. I'm awake now. Say it again. I'm awake now. The Bible said the angel that was speaking to him roused him as a man is, is roused from sleep. And he said to him, what do you see? Here's factor number two. Vision. Aquí está el factor número dos. La visión. He said, what do you see? Le preguntó el ángel, ¿qué ves? This is in verse 2. This question is a question God's asking you tonight. Dios está haciendo esta pregunta esta noche. ¿Qué ves? What do you see? Have you written it down? Have you made plans? I've been telling you, write it down. What do you see? Well, we'll just see what this year brings us. ¿Qué ves ahora? Bueno, a ver qué nos trae este año. This year ain't going to bring you nothing. You got to bring something to the year. Usted tiene que determinarse a recibir lo que Dios tiene para usted. Y Dios le ha hablado que escriba su visión. God has spoken to you to write down your vision. God is asking you tonight, what do you see? Here's the types of vision people have. Some people have no vision. Algunos no tienen visión. And what does the Bible say? My people perish for lack of vision. ¿Qué dice la escritura? Mi pueblo perece por falta de visión. The lack of revelation, the lack of vision as to what God wants to do in your life will result in perish, in perishing, in loss. Va a venir el, 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 el desperdicio de su vida, de su tiempo, de sus dones, si usted no tiene visión. Other people have little vision. Otros tienen poca visión. Some people have a confused vision. Otros tienen una visión confundida. Some people have somebody else's vision. They're comparing themselves constantly to somebody else. You can't have somebody else's vision. You need to have what, what God wants for you. The kind of vision you and I need is revelation. A clear understanding of what God wants to do in my life. That's why when, when we have our new members class and we sit down with those of you who are becoming new members and one of the first things I tell you is, listen, uh, some of you came from another church and I don't want you to say, over there in my old church is how we used to do it. Or this is how the pastor used to do it. Why? Because that church has its own vision. And neither do you need to come and say, well, over there in the church down the street, here's how they're doing X, Y, and Z. And, and here's what's going on over there. No, you and I need to know what's God doing here and what's God doing now. Say amen, somebody. 
What's God doing here? And what's God doing now? That's why when your children come in and say, well, my friend's parents, they let them. You have to say, I don't care what they're doing over there. It's what God is doing here and what God is doing now. Because if you don't have a vision, then you'll just follow whatever vision somebody else paints for you. Si usted no tiene visión, usted se va a seguir cualquier visión que alguien más le dé. Usted tiene que saber, yo sé a dónde voy. If you know where you're going, you won't be distracted. If you're trying to take a family vacation and go to Disney World, si usted está queriendo ir al mundo de Disney y usted va en el camino, you're on I-10, and somebody says to you, hey, uh, you should go to Shreveport. You got to decide, I can't go there. I have a vision. I know where I'm headed. Hey, well, you should go to Cincinnati. Can't go there. I have a vision. That might be good for somebody else. That might be God's blessing for somebody else. But I know what God wants to do in my life. I know where God is taking me. Say amen, somebody. And when you have a vision, you can you can. Cut out the stuff out of your life that doesn't belong. Cuando usted tiene visión, usted sabe a dónde va, usted no va a ser distraído cuando alguien más le ofrezca otra dirección, otro, otro lugar a dónde ir, porque usted sabe, tiene claro a dónde va a llegar. Usted no se va a detener hasta que llegue. You've got to decide, I'm not stopping until I see in my life what I see in my spirit. Usted tiene que determinarse. Yo no voy a detenerme hasta que yo mire en mi vida lo que yo veo en mi espíritu. How many of you have a vision? Can you see something in your spirit? When you lay down your, uh, in your bed at night and your, your uh, spirit sees where God wants to take you and when you're in prayer and suddenly you get a glimpse of what God wants to do in your life or in the life of your children or the life of your husband or your wife or in the life of this church and you get excited about it it wakes you up it stirs up something on the inside of you that vision is from God and it's given to you by God so that you can get to the place where God wants you to go he says to you what do you see que miras if you don't see it you can't possess it You've got to know, what is God showing me? Usted tiene que saber qué es lo que Dios me está dando a mí para poseer. I believe this is one of the reasons why God has given us promises in the Bible. Because promises paint a picture of what God wants to do in your life. Por eso Dios nos ha dado promesas en su palabra. Porque sus promesas nos pintan un cuadro de lo que Dios quiere hacer en nuestra vida. Y cuando usted lo reciba en su espíritu, usted lo puede tener en su vida. When you see it, when you receive it in your spirit, you'll be able to have it in your life. The same thing happened to the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 11, uh, pardon, in chapter 1, verse 11, God asked him two times, what do you see? What do you see? Why is this so important? God brought Abraham out of the tent and he asked him, look at the stars. What do you see? Can you number them? Why is God doing this to the prophets? Because he wants you to catch the vision. He wants you to be clear about what he's up to in your life. El vino a Abraham también, lo sacó de la tienda y dijo, mira hacia el cielo, hacia las estrellas. ¿Qué ves? Cuéntelas si puedes. Eso es el patrón de Dios. God is is stirring up in Jeremiah a vision of his calling. Dios está despertando en Jeremías una visión de su llamamiento. And Jeremiah said, I see a, a, a branch of an almond tree. Él dice, yo veo la rama de, una, de, un, eh, de un almendro. What is, what is God doing in Jeremiah? He's giving him a vision of his calling. What was Jeremiah's calling? 
He was called by God to speak resurrection over the nation of Israel. And that almond tree represented that life was going to come to a nation that was spiritually dead. Just think about how powerful that is. That Jeremiah received that in his spirit, in in the vision, before he ever saw it in the nation of Israel. And because he received the word of God that was being revealed to him, he was able to declare life over his generation and over that nation. Listen, church, that's why God wants you to know, wants to know, what do you see? Do you see your children prospering? Do you see them blessed? Do you see them serving the Lord? Do you see them preaching the gospel? Come on, somebody. What do you see? Because when you see it, you'll be able to declare it and see it in your life. Come on, somebody. You've got you've to have this factor of vision in your life. Este es un factor esencial de la visión en su vida. The Bible says they brought a, a blind man to Jesus in Mark chapter 8. And Jesus uh, took the man out of the village. And then he, sp- he spat in his eye. And the man began to see. Dice la escritura que trajeron un ciego a Jesús. Y Jesús lo sacó de la ciudad. Y luego le mojó los ojos con su saliva. Y luego dice que el hombre comenzó a ver. And Jesus asked him, what do you see? And he said, I see men walking like trees. Dijo, yo veo a los hombres caminando como los árboles. He didn't have clear vision yet. No tenía visión clara todavía. Some of you don't have a clear vision yet. It's okay. Keep looking. When, when I start to see something that God wants to do, it doesn't always come very clear. Sometimes it's just a word that just, just keeps churning in my spirit. What's my job? What's your job when you sense that God wants to tell you something? He wants to show you something. Your job is to stay before him and keep coming back until you can see clearly what he wants to do. ¿Qué tiene usted que hacer si usted tiene una visión no muy clara? Usted tiene que estarse delante del Señor y seguir viniendo hasta que él le dé visión clara. And if you'll just keep persistently coming back to God and just quietly listening for his spirit to speak, he'll teach you. Él te va a enseñar. Él te va a dar una visión clara. But you see, what happens is we talk to God. We come to God. We get, we get half a vision. And then we go and say, Professor, what do you think I should do? And, and then, Donia, what do you think I should do? And then, Theo, what do you think I should do? And we'll go get everybody else's vision. They don't know. They meant somebody. The only one that knows is the one that made you. And he's the one that can give you clarity. He's the one that can give you focus. He's the one that can, that can lay his hands on you as he did in Mark chapter 8. And when he laid his hands on this man, the Bible said that he saw clearly from that moment. El hombre vio claramente cuando Jesús puso su mano sobre de él. This is my prayer for you tonight that God will give you clear vision, perfect vision. Mi oración para usted esta, esta noche es que Dios le dé visión clara. Que lo que no es claro, sea claro. Whatever is not clear, become clear. Stay before the Lord. Estate delante del Señor. Wait on Him. And don't do anything till He says. No haga decisión hasta que Él hable. Some people, when they, look at, when they look at the way I do things, they think I don't do things for a long time, and then I do things real fast. Like, like didn't get married for 38 years, and then got married like that. Why? Because I don't do anything till I know what I'm supposed to do. Say amen, somebody. You want to avoid making mistakes in your life and delaying your vision? Stay before God until you have a clear vision of what he wants you to do. And when you can say to him what you see, and he verifies that what you see is what he sees, now you can move. 
Now you can go, and every step will be power. Every step will be anointed. Every step will be victory. Come on, somebody. You have received vision from God. And if it's not clear yet, keep coming back till it is clear. Factor number three is revelation. El factor número tres es la revelación. He said, what do you see? He said, I see a lampstand and all the gold bowls and seven lamps and its seven spouts belonging to the lamps. And I see two olive trees by it, one on the right side of the bowl and one on the other side to the left. And then the angel that was speaking to me said, what are these, and to the, to the angel I asked, what are these things? Now he's seeking revelation. He's saying, God, I'm seeing something. I'm, I'm perceiving something, but I don't know what it means. What are you telling me? Reveal your word to me. Now I've been teaching you this important factor. You've got to receive the word. Usted tenía que recibir la palabra. The entrance of the word, the Bible says, gives light. La entrada de la palabra trae luz. That's what revelation is. It's the lights coming on. Cuando usted tiene revelación es que se han prendido las luces. It looks like a ghost. But when you turn the light on, it's a raincoat hanging on your coat rack. You got to have revelation. You got to have insight. And the word of God does that. La palabra del Señor hace eso. That's why he asked, what does it mean? And who, who among us could hear what he just, or see what he just saw and understand it? We need revelation from God. And here's the thing about God. God is a self-revealer. He loves to tell you stuff. He loves to talk. He loves to reveal himself to you. That's why he gave us 66 books in the Bible. He's revealing himself to you. How many of you have written a book to tell your children everything there is to know about you? None of us. God has. He wrote a book, 66 books in the Bible. And what's, it, what's the Bible? It's God telling you things about himself. His character, his nature, his attributes, his power, his history, his future. He's telling you everything you could possibly want to know about him. God is, is interested in you getting it. Say amen, somebody. And, and listen, the Holy Spirit is the most patient teacher you'll ever find. He's the most patient teacher you'll ever find. And, and those of you who've been walking with him for a long time, you know what I'm talking about. When you get stuck on your A, B, C, D, all the other teachers have given up on you, the Holy Spirit is still there holding up the flashcards. A, B, C, D. Start over. A. He's so patient. He wants you to get it. He wants you to have revelation. El Espíritu Santo quiere que usted tenga revelación. And now, the word comes. Ahora llega la palabra. And, and the answer comes to him in verse uh, 6. In verse 5, he doesn't know what it means. And in verse 6, he's given the answer. He says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel is the governor who's trying to rebuild the temple. He's the leader, the man who represents the king of Israel. In fact, Zerubbabel is a member of the family tree of the Messiah. If King David, uh, if you had followed the line of King David and the kings had not lost the throne after the exile, then Zerubbabel would be the king of Israel. And so the word of the Lord comes to Zerubbabel saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. This is the thus saith the Lord. Listen, what's going on? The temple, is, the temple project is stopped. The construction of the temple is stopped. There's no movement. People are discouraged. There, aren't, there isn't enough 
money. There aren't enough resources. It doesn't seem like there's a good enough strategy. And maybe Zerubbabel is thinking, I've got to try this. I've got to try that. I've got to invent some new, uh, this new strategy. God says, Zerubbabel, it's not by might. You're not going to do this with your power. This breakthrough is not going to come because you know how to push walls down. This breakthrough is not going to come because you have some powerful uh, abilities or skills. It's not by might and it's not by power. It doesn't come from your wisdom. It doesn't come from your experience. It's not going to come from your degrees. It's not going to come from knowledge. It's going to come by the Spirit of God. Esto va a venir por el Espíritu de Dios. Listen, everything you and I are talking about is connected to spiritual reality. Anything you want to see in the natural first has to manifest in the spiritual. You want to see breakthrough in your finances? You have to have breakthrough in your spirit. Every area of your life is expected, affected by the spiritual. That's why God is telling Zerubbabel, it's not by might. It's not by power. It, it's by the Spirit of God. This is going to be done by the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to be led by the Spirit. You're going to have to be anointed by the Spirit. You're going to have to walk by the Spirit. Vas a tener que ser guiado por el Espíritu. Vas a tener que caminar por el Espíritu. No es con espada. No es con ejército. No es con fuerza. No es con tu poder. No es con tu experiencia. Es por el Espíritu de Dios. That's the Word of God. What God essentially saying to Zerubbabel, this thing's going to get done. What I'm telling you is going to happen. But it's not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. Dios le está diciendo a Zerubbabel, esto va a pasar, esto se va a cumplir, pero no conforme lo que tú pienses o como tú lo estás viendo. And then here comes the breakthrough word that I want to share with you tonight, verse 7. What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel you will become a plain? Listen to the word of the Lord. There is this great mountain in front of Zerubbabel. It's the mountain of discouragement. It's the mountain of lack. It's the mountain of criticism. How many of you have ever faced that mountain? It's a mountain of impossibility. I mean, Z uh, Solomon built this temple with an, a booming economy. And they're trying to build it with no economy. That's a big mountain. And God speaks to the mountain. And he says, what are you, O great mountain? Now remember what I told you last week, the the seed that you have is faith. And what did Jesus say? If any of you will have as much faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. You see, you're trying to push the mountain out of the way. You're not going to push it. This is going to have to require spiritual power. The power of faith. Esto no se va a hacer conforme el poder del de hombre, porque la montaña no se va a mover sino a través de la fe. Jesús dijo, si tuvieres fe como un grano de mostaza, así tan pequeño tiene que ser la fe, puede ser la fe. Pero si tienes fe, le dirás a la montaña, muévete y siembrate en el mar y ella obedecerá. Why do we need a breakthrough? Because there's a mountain sitting in front of us. Hindering our, our progress to the purpose of God. Hindering our vision. Hindering our accomplishment of God's will for our life. ¿Por qué necesitamos avance? Porque hay un monte. Una montaña en frente de ti. There's a mountain in front of you. Taunting you. Criticizing you, provoking you, saying, where's your God? Where's your faith? Where's your vision? 
Where's your power? You've been talking about it for four years, five years. Hasn't happened yet. When is it going to happen? And look at you. You're rolling backwards. You're not making any progress. And the taunting and the provocation of that mountain comes from the very heart of hell to discourage the work of God that is on the inside of you. To discourage the word and the faith and the gifts of God resting on the inside of you. But I've come tonight to declare the word of the Lord. There is no mountain that can stand up to the power of the God that is resident within you. Say amen somebody. What are you, O great mountain? Listen to the word of the Lord. Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. Zerubbabel is going to make you flat. Who's Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel is the king of Israel. He is the, the descendant of David. He is in the royal bloodline. Zerubbabel represents the believer. Zerubbabel representa al creyente. Called by God. Anointed by God. You are royalty because you have been bought and uh, uh, purchased out of bondage into life. You've been adopted into the family of God. You are now a child of the living God. You are a, a prince in the kingdom of God. Say amen, somebody. What are you, O great mountain? Say that, say that to your mountain tonight. What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, listen, you will become flat. And listen, why is this? Factor number four. He says, before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Here's factor number four. The grace of God. Aquí está el factor número cuatro. La gracia. Now, the top stone, the capstone, we don't build with stone anymore, so you may not be familiar with this, but the capstone is the last stone put into place. When that stone is put into place, it means finished. The building is done. El dice, van a traer el, la piedra del ángulo, la última piedra que se pone en un edificio de piedra y eso va a estar, ser establecido. This was always a ceremony. Siempre esto se hacía en ceremonia because it meant the building project is done. Now listen to what God is saying. These people can't stir up enough energy to even go work on the project, let alone finish it. And many of them have said, oh, it wasn't for me. God was speaking to my children. They're the ones who are going to finish the temple. I get it now. I see it now. God was saying that my seed, my descendants, they're going to do this. God said, no, the hand that began this thing is the hand that's going to finish it. Stop trying to give your vision to somebody else. Same in somebody. God said, I'm going to do it in your lifetime. You ought to get excited about that tonight. God said, I'm going to do it in your lifetime. I'm going to do it in your life. Yes, I'm going to bless your children. Yes, I have work for them to do. Yes, I have generational blessing and, and ministry. But I'm giving promises to you for this year, for this time, for this season. You're going to see it. You're going to rejoice. And he said, they're going to raise up the capstone over this temple. And Zerubbabel is going to be there. And Joshua the priest are going to be there. And when they lay that capstone into place, meaning the, temp the temple is finished, the people are going to shout and say, this was done by the grace of God. This was done by the grace of God. The shout of grace, grace. Come on, somebody. God says, you're going to wake up. In this season, things are going to get stirred up in your spirit. You're going to receive vision, clear vision, perfect vision. You're going to have the word. You're going to have revelation. But you're going to have grace. 
that unmerited favor of God, that grace that opens doors that nobody else can open, that grace that shuts the past back, that no, no that doesn't allow anything to be brought forward. Come on, somebody. The unmerited favor of God. What is grace? Grace is an advantage. When God gives you an advantage, you go and ask for a job, and there are four candidates better qualified than you, but not better looking, right? They're better qualified, but not better looking, Pastor. And yet you get the job. I said, You get the job, you get the contract. Everybody else put in a bid. Everybody else has a, a bigger, bigger company than you. But you put in the contract and you got the deal. Why? Grace, grace. Come on, somebody. The favor of God. Double portion of God's favor is on this house. Come on. God said you will have a double portion instead of shame. Grace, grace. And you'll see finished products. Say amen, somebody. Are you ready to see some finished products? God says, you are going to see my grace enabling you to see the thing done. You will shout. You will shout grace. Grace. This was done by the grace of God. The hand that started it is a hand that has finished it. And he says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Dice la palabra del Señor, no desprecies el día de comienzos pequeños. El día de pequeñeces. This breakthrough, like every breakthrough, always begins small. Little crack. And, and the enemy messed up because he walked past that crack. And he said, <laughs> But that crack's getting bigger. And the dam is breaking. And it's going to come through like a breaking of many waters. And nothing will be able to hold back what God has done. Don't despise a day of small things. Have you received the word? I said, have you received the word? When you receive the word, it's like a seed. But then it starts growing. It starts taking over. It starts invading. And God is invading your mind. He's invading your heart. He's invading your faith life because he has work to get done in this season. Come on. You have the grace of God, the advantage, the favor of God over your life. Stand up with me this evening. Vamos a ponernos en pie esta tarde. First of all, let me, let me close this out by saying, Zechariah saw two olive trees. I've got to say this because it's a season for it right now at Kingsway Church. Two olive trees. These two olive trees represented two people. They represented Zerubbabel and Joshua. Zerubbabel was the king. Joshua was the priest. Listen, please. God said those two olive trees were going to bring the breakthrough to Israel. The king represents business. It represents responsibility. It represents government, authority, influence. The priest represents spiritual authority, spiritual power. And God is saying in Kingsway Church and in the body of Christ, in this moment, I am waking up, I am raising up businessmen, people of influence, people of authority, people who are going to be sitting in the middle of influential places in business, in government. And he's not going... He's not going to the bar to find them tonight. He's finding them at Kingsway Church. Say amen, somebody. You're sitting in that company. 
You're sitting in that school. You're sitting in that government office. It's not for your own good. It's not for a paycheck. It's because God is raising up one of the olive trees to bring about his purpose in our land. Come on. It's time for America to turn around. And God has already put the people in there to begin to turn around. Come on. And not only that, but he's raised up a spiritual authority, a people that know that they are priests before God. That's why some of your ideas are about business and government and and finance. And some of your ideas are about ministry. Because God is raising up these two powerful forces in the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. He is doing a good thing, a great thing, a new thing. Walk in it. I said walk in it. Walk in it. Raise your hands, everybody in the room. Just say this, Lord, whatever is unclear... I'm going to stay before you till you make it clear. Tonight, I receive your word. I believe that your favor for a double portion is upon my life. I am an anointed child of God. The king's anointing and the priest's anointing is on my life. This year, breakthrough will visit my house. Come on now, open your mouth in prayer and just begin to receive that word. Receive what God is saying to you. He's stirring up your gifts. He's stirring up your calling. He's stirring up the word that's on the inside of you. He's stirring up your faith.